following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. guys, welcome to this Toonami Faithful exclusive. My name is Paul Pascrillo, and I am the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. And uh, this interview was a group interview we did at Anime NYC. It was with voice actor Ray Chase, and uh, Lord GTZ was there covering for us, so you'll hear him in this interview. But uh, yeah, go ahead and take a listen, and uh, here we go. So, uh... Death Stranding has come out. Yes. Last year you talked about doing some motion capture work. Was that yes. what you were referring to? Uh, no. Uh, thanks for remembering. Uh, that was for Days Gone. Oh. I uh, spent a day on that one. I played like 30 different characters. It was a crazy amount uh, of work. So it, was a, it was a long day, but it was really fun. Uh, it was me and Laura Bailey. We just They just needed a lot of... Um, like uh, There's a lot of memories in that game that you uncover. Um, and so we've played a lot of these memories. Um all sorts of crazy things. Then I was a bunch of soldiers uh, who did stuff. Um, but that was really fun to look at. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So, like many anime fans, their first introduction to the genre was through Toonami. Was this the case for you as well? Absolutely, yeah. I watched uh, Dragon Ball was always my workout thing. And we had a TV next to a, a treadmill, and I would train with uh, with Goku and Krillin as they, uh, as they went, fought their way through the tournaments. Um so that was, uh, yeah, Tsunami was, was my first. And then um, on the other side of the day was uh, Pokemon. I would get up at 5 in the morning to watch it every single morning before the bus came. So I got my Pokemon fix in. Yeah. So my question kind of ties into that since I write for Tsunami Faithful. Um, so you're currently voicing uh, Bruno Bucciarelli on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden yes. Wind. Mm-hmm. Um, so you voiced like a few minor characters in JoJo before, but how does it feel now to be kind of a main cast member in one of the more crazier parts of JoJo? Yes, yeah, I think Part Four and Five definitely are, are a st- stand out in that regard. Um, uh, it means a, a great deal. Um, I thought that as since I already played a stand user, they wouldn't think about casting me uh, again. Um, you know, I love the show so much. Um, so I was really grateful when the auditions came through. I, uh, I gave three takes for Bruno because I really liked him the most. And I'm so glad that they ended up putting me in. Um, it's a, a trip to watch a show and then work on a show because you know all the lines. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So going back to Pokemon, because you said you used to watch it a lot, huh? Were you excited when you uh, got the role to play as Marlin in Pokemon Masters? <laughs> I, w- I was confused because I didn't know what the heck this game was. That was a very strangely recorded game because I played Marlin and then Surf Dude number two and Arm Wrestler number four and all that sort of stuff. It was just like a hundred two-word cues. So like very simple utterances because it's a mobile game and they just have to all fit in on that thing. Um... So I was more confused than anything. <laughs> it was a lot of like, what is this line for? What does it mean? It was just, we have no idea. Just say the words. So we made it work, I guess. All right. And to, <laughs> to follow that up, uh, do you actually play the game, by the way? And if you do, do you use Marlin to hear yourself like speak through the game and stuff like that? I played roughly 
25 minutes of Pokemon the Masters, and I said, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Those gotcha games, I can only do so much. I played a lot of Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, that one, I, I, I enjoy it. Uh, but uh, yeah, Pokemon Masters, it was like, okay, I know where this is going. I don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. All right. Now, it's, I guess I would say, how does it feel like to be part of the George Lucas universe? So are you talking about? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Blockbuster. Yes. Yes. That was really fun. Um, Matt Schrader was my uh, uh, resident. I was an RA in college on the cinema floor at USC. And uh, he was one of the students who came in freshman year. I was a junior. And uh, we had a friendship. He was really cool. He was a good investigative journalist. Then he went out and made the movie Score, which was a very mm-hmm. good documentary about movie scores. And um, when it was time to do this um, podcast about George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, he said, I know you're a voice actor. Do you know any voice actors? I said, Max Middleman, let's, uh, let's do this. <laughs> so we auditioned um, and then uh, worked on that podcast. It was super, super fun. Um, and, uh, and and enlightening because that was a, that was a lot of stories that I didn't know about uh, before. Yeah, it was good. Did you listen to it? I did. You did. Cool. Yeah. So I, I prepped for this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. So last year, uh, the much anticipated Fruity Cody alternative came out. Um, have you watched the original Fruity Cody? Mm-hmm. And how do you feel being part of the newly expanded canon? Uh, that was crazy. Fruity Cody, I I watched when I was freshman year in college. I went home with. Gave me this DVD. I was like, "All right, I gotta uh, have to watch this one." I don't know anything about it. Wet and cold, which I think is the best way to watch it, not knowing anything. Um, and uh, I had a blast. What a fun show to watch! Um, and then when these new auditions came out, they were giving two more seasons. Uh, I was really glad I got to play a guy who slurped noodles for the entirety of the season. <laughs> but I got good at making that sound effect, so it was worth it. Um, that was weird, also, because that one. We we worked alongside Japanese, so it wasn't finished. So a lot of times we were doing the line for the Japanese two story things. There wasn't any actual animation, um, so it was a, that one was uh, quite a bit different than most anime. So you mentioned uh, Fire Emblem Heroes before, and of course you voiced Roy in that, and you also voiced him in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Mm-hmm. And in addition to Noctis and Final Fantasy Fifteen. You've kind of just like gotten yourself into all these kind of roles in these iconic franchises. Yeah, so it's been fun. before you even got these roles, were you kind of fans of like Smash Bros, Fire Emblem, and uh, Final Fantasy, or was that something you got more into after you picked up the roles? So it's all different for everything. For Final Fantasy, it's a little weird because I played the wrong ones as a kid. I played Final Fantasy <laughs> Legend one, two, and three, and Final Fantasy Ventures. I had a Game Boy, and they were all not Final Fantasy games. Uh, redacted Final Fantasy games. Um, so I was not familiar with the mainline series whatsoever, but I knew Moodles and Chocobos because they were in those games. Um, uh, so when I got the role of Noctis, I went and I played every single uh, mainline game in order, and that was an unforgettable experience. Um, uh, and for Fire Emblem, I played the GBA one uh, in high school, and uh, so I was familiar with Ellie Wood, um, uh, Lynn, and Hector, their story. But uh, I didn't play Binding Blade until last year. I found the wrong uh, that was translated. Um, so uh, I was familiar with Fire Emblem series, but Roy specifically for Smash, I played Melee when I was a kid, and Dr. Mario and Roy were my two main characters. So that was insane to be able to, to voice them. I played the role of Alphonse in Fire Emblem Heroes because everyone comes in, they have to voice three things. They said, why don't you give Roy a shot? Um, 
just came up with a voice on the spot. I had five minutes and did all his lines and then hoped for the best. So that was a life-changing five minutes. So I saw that you got some sort of role in Shenmue 3. Uh, are you able to speak about what that role might be, or...? You weren't able to find information, then probably not. Okay. Is it out yet? It's not out yet. No, it's not. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, I play two people in that. One who actually has a name, and then one who's just this dude. Um, you know, it's full of villagers uh, saying stuff, but uh, I put a, a, a little Easter egg in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, have you uh, played or familiarized yourself with the previous two Shenmue games in preparation? No, I was Nintendo only as a kid, so anything Sega, anything Sony, I didn't until uh, after college when I got myself a PlayStation, yeah. So you mentioned the motion capture stuff in Days Gone. Have you done any additional motion capture stuff that we're going to see going forward in the future in the last um, year? A couple of, maybe one thing. But I'm not so sure where that project is going. Got it. Was it the same level of depth that, say, Days Gone was? No, not that much. No, yeah, it'd be a lot more similar. There. No? Yeah. Right. So you play the Master of Masters in Kingdom Hearts. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you take on a character that's you know, really outgoing, but also pretty mysterious? Yeah, he was interesting because he's the only character I played who's my normal voice. <laughs> um, I saw the, uh, when the sides came out for that, um, excuse me, it was a studio I'd only worked with once before, um, Skylark, where I played Edgar from Final Fantasy VI in World of Final Fantasy. So it was, um, I wasn't as familiar with the studio, what kind of games they did. So this thing came out, it was just a black cloak. I'd never played Kingdom Hearts before, because uh, it wasn't a Nintendo game. Um, so I didn't know um, anything about it. Um, and uh, I saw the lines, I was like, ah, oh, he's kind of sarcastic and fun. I'm just going to do my normal voice. Let's see what the heck happens. And uh, I ended up getting it. And that was that was a, a crazy. I, uh, I Then I went back and played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Uh, and sort of familiarized myself with the world, but I had no expert uh, by any means. Um, so a long time back, Viz announced that you were Karamatsu in the Mr. Otsumatsu dub. Yes. And of course, that dub has not come out yet, but I was just curious, like, have you recorded lines for it, and, like, what are your thoughts on Karamatsu, since I he's kind of, Karamatsu. like... he's my favorite. I've seen all 52 episodes of that show. I think it's hilarious. The season finale for season one is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, it's, uh, he's my favorite. I think he's, uh, um... Yeah, you can kind of equate it to Friends, where all the friends are kind of bad people, except for Joey, who's like <laughs> maybe a little bit dumb, but just nice. Uh, he's good-hearted, I think Karamatsu is exactly the same way, where uh, he may be a little bit uh, full of himself, thinking that he's so attractive, but uh, he's he's actually tries to help, like he does with Ichimatsu, um, in that the, uh, episode where they're, they're mistaken for each other. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm really glad to be uh, Karamatsu. And we have been working on it. I don't know where it is. I have no idea. I hope it comes out one day. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, I'm a big fan of Soul Calibur. And yeah. I've been playing it with my family since, like, middle school. It's just a lot of fun. One of my favorite characters is Mitsurugi. Cool. How was that experience of uh, voice acting Mitsurugi? It was really fun. I, uh, I, uh, I, I played that when I was a kid, Soul Calibur 2, because it was instead of... Uh, and uh, I was uh, big into Valdo back then because he was so wild. Oh. Um, so this, uh, I did I audition for Mitsurugi? I don't know if I auditioned for him. Hmm, I don't remember. Um, but uh, I came in and it was uh, it was a very vocally stressful because there's a lot of crazy things going on. 
But uh, I had a lot of fun during the, um, they have a special name, but the um, the skits that they do uh, during the, the single-player quest mode. Mitsugu um, uh, is a pretty funny character. You get to see his his, uh, his silly side in that one, so I, I enjoyed that very much. Um, and I played it for a night and got really good and beat the computer and then went online and got my ass kicked. <laughs> As <laughs> one does. Yeah. <laughs> So in Butter Snipes and Grumbles, I you, it. I love it, man. you have, you're no change because that's how you did it once and that's yes. how you do it 51 more times. <laughs> have you had any physically challenging roles like that over the last year where you had to do some extreme work with your voice? Um, since last year, any crazy voices? Um, yeah, I think I learned my lesson with that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing. I wish I could say something. But no, it's been it's been a stress free year, thankfully. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So, how are your feelings of stepping into a role like Gendo in Evangelion? Mm-hmm. And do you have any previous experience with some older dubs? With older dubs, yeah, I, I watched a lot of them. I watched Evangelion in uh, college. I took a class um, Japanese fiction and film, and the very last movie we watched both uh, uh, parts. I didn't watch the show, but. Uh, uh, Rebirth and End of Evangelion, um, and it was mind blowing, really, really crazy. Um, so it was, uh, it was wild getting to, to go in and, and voice an iconic character like that. Um, they uh, Gainax was really, really in on the process. Every single line was recorded, re-recorded over and over again to make sure it was exactly to their liking. So uh, at least we knew like we, that they were getting exactly what they wanted for that one. <laughs> so we weren't we weren't uh, working in the dark as we are on some other anime. So in uh, One Punch Man, you voice a uh, Puri Puri prisoner, mm-hmm. and that's like a very kind of different role from what a lot of different uh, voices you've done. So I was kind of curious, like, was it kind of difficult to get into that? It's interesting. You say it's different from a lot of voices, but Bang Zoom particular. Uh, I play a lot of big gay guys. Uh, <laughs> it's something I do. I play Duncan in Deep Four, which is a game they did, uh, and I'm Roswell Elmathers in ReZero. Uh, I'm on their list of, of big gay guys. Um, Cory Burry, I really enjoyed uh, him a lot as a character, and I auditioned before the auditions were even sent out. I just made my own uh, uh, thing. I, I wrote down the script and I, I just gave it to them. I said, if you're ever looking for a Pori, I'm your man. Uh, and they said, don't do that again. And then I had to re-audition and then I ended up getting it. Um, but it was it was absolutely worth it. He's very, very fun. Uh, and I'm glad he got a little bit in season two. Just for a season. Just for a scene. Uh, so you so you voiced Klaus in Buckethead Carnival yes. before. Um, what was your experience working with like Sega and out of curiosity, do you have any favorite uh, studios to work with? Well, yeah, so that was um, uh, Cup of Tea is the name of the studio, and they're the same guys who did Soul Calibur and Fire Emblem. Um, they do all the Nintendo stuff, uh, and because uh, that was a Switch title, right? It was multi-platform. Multi-platform, yeah. Uh, we recorded that at Cup of Tea. Um, Klaus was cool. He starts out as a bad guy and ends up being a real softy, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty straightforward working process on that one. A lot of the times, like near Automata, which is also at the same studio, we went back and forth trying to figure out deeper meanings and all that sort of stuff. We ended up re-recording a lot of it. 
Um, but for Valkyrie, it was just very gentle process. Yeah, it was nice. So following up on his uh, question about Perry Prisoner, are you worried about being typecast at all as a big gay guy? I already am, so it's not that. So, <laughs> no, you're leading into it now. I'm leading into it, yeah. Roswell was really fun. He's in ReZero. He's very insane um, and very naked. And then they did East High Quartet at Funimation. And so I got to go in. I'm a bigger part in that show than I am in his own show. What do you have there? Oh, sorry. Um, Kellen and Hobbs? It's oh, no, it's George Lucas uh, from 1983. So this was this was a big deal. Uh, Bert Breathed was yeah. a, a big influence on me back in the day. We had a, uh, a book, Happy Trails, which was the end of his uh, comic run in our house, and I read that so many times. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very familiar with his work. Very nice. All right. Um, have you ever auditioned for a character in a show and end up landing somebody else? Every day, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, let's say ninety five percent of the time, you get nobody. Uh, <laughs> 1% of the time you get the person you audition for, and then the other 4%, uh, like, say, for example, Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, they, there's 300 characters. They're not going to send auditions for each one. You audition for the leads, and then they remember who they liked from the lead characters who didn't get the lead characters, and then they give you other characters. So I got to play a character, Ephra de Tertian, uh in Mass Effect Andromeda because of my not getting one of the other ones. So that's a constant thing. Um, uh, anime is the same thing. They audition for the leads, and then from that, they pick their entire cast uh, based on who didn't get the important characters. Um, so is there any like specific uh, franchise, whether it be video games or anime, that you really want to get a role in, but you just haven't yet? It used to be JoJo. Uh, <laughs> honestly, that was a big one for me. Um, it's kind of weird... Uh, me and Eric Mendez were talking about this. You can, there's only so much many franchises, and then when you're in them all, you need to figure out something else. So uh, I'm kind of in that thing right now. Uh, I'm I'm in all of them. I don't know, like I'm trying to think of one that I'm not in, like a franchise that I'm I'm just not a part of. Like maybe Pokemon, that little Mon character, but like maybe something like that. Um, but. Uh, I guess more anime. I'm not in a lot of anime. I'm definitely in, in more video games than I am anime. But I, um, I have a lot of smaller roles in a lot of these franchises like Gundam and stuff like that. Sailor Moon, I have a line. Um, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Demon Slayer, I guess. Oh, I'm, I'm a oh, big Demon Slayer fan. in Los Angeles. So yeah, I'd love to uh, be, a, be a part of that one. Yeah. My Hero I got to be in it too. That was, that was one that was, I was like, oh, I, would, I would love to be in that. And then the movie came along. I was like, oh my gosh, it's me, David Shields. So yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very lucky in that respect. Awesome. Uh, so I'm also a big comic book fan. Mm -hmm. And I also see that you also voiced uh, Bucky Barnes in, what was it, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. That's right, yeah. Uh, was that a character you tried to audition for? Is that one of your like favorite comic book characters? No, I, uh, I happened to get that part because I knew Jamie Mortolero, who mostly works on... Um, a lot of Japanese games over at a place called Rocket Sound where they recorded Final Fantasy XV. Um, he and I are friends, and uh, I guess they brought me in for it. I, I don't know much about it, and I don't know much about superheroes, unfortunately. So uh, they, they just kind of directed me however it worked, and whatever it was, I hope it was good. Yeah. So the way you described it, 
there's about a 5% hit rate. 1% of the time you'll get the roll of the 5.4%. <laughs> I have to be careful with you because you re remember things. <laughs> the actual hit rate, what would it be? We audition maybe 30 times a week. Uh, so 120 times a month. And I book maybe two things. Um, um, so whatever that would be, less than a half a percent. So I guess my question would be, how do you steal yourself to apply 120 times a month? How do you get yourself up for that? You forget about it. You try <laughs> to forget. Uh, there's definitely all these, a lot of close calls. There was a, a, a really cool callback that I had that I didn't get uh, that I had to fly myself out for. And it's just, it is, that's part of it. The, the work of an actor is auditioning. And then the, the reward is getting to be in something. So every day you're just auditioning. There was one uh, Friday. We had uh, had eleven auditions before eleven o'clock that I had to do. Yeah, just it's it's what the game is. Yeah. All right. So, out of the three seasons in Footy Cootie, what were some of your favorite episodes from like the original, progressive, or even alternative? I like the baseball episode from the first uh, season. I think it's like episode four or so. Um, I just think it it tells a cool story, all encapsulated. I think it's a fun. Uh, it's a fun um, uh, motif as it goes through. It's uh, it's it's uh, an episode that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, so you voiced like Endo Ikari in the Netflix redub of Evangelia, uh -huh. and that's a very iconic role. Absolutely. And was it like intimidating to kind of uh, go in as kind of the new voice of that character? Yeah, it was. Um, uh, like I said before, it was. It was. We were. We had our hands held the whole way. So we knew exactly what we were doing and and, uh, and, and what this character was going to sound like. Um, wasn't too far off from the audition that I sent either, um, but uh, it, it was awesome. It's uh, It was also cool working on an anime from the 90s and how different things were, that anime could be a lot more serious back then, and I, I miss that. We're in Isekai City right now, <laughs> and uh, it's a little dulling after a while. Everyone has to be in another world. Yeah, it's, uh, I liked it when anime could be scary. And that, that, that show is scary. It makes you think. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Borderlands as well. Hey, the cool. comedy in that game is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I also saw that you were playing Reese. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were taking over that role from somebody else. So yeah. how was that? Like trying to fill in that person's shoes in a new game? Uh, the Gearbox was really nice. They're a really cool company to work with. Um, they sent me a copy of Tales from the Borderlands. So I got to familiarize myself with the role. Um, and... Uh, it was really fun. They flew us out to Texas, and that one, unlike a lot of Japanese stuff where you have to dub it and it has to be exactly the right length, so there's not a lot of improvisation. They were any time I had something silly to say, they they said great, add it, whatever, um, and so that was very free. So I really liked working with Gearbox. They treated us really, really well. Sounds I got like a fun. mug. Uh, it says, uh, "What does it say?" The mug says, "Hot cup and talent." <laughs> it's great. <laughs> What would you tell an aspiring high school actor or actress who wants to be a voice actor if uh, you want to get into advice on how to get into the industry? I think right now um, there's so much work out there, uh, especially online. Um, there's a site called castingcall.club that was around when I was first starting where you can get a lot of, um, excuse me, a lot of roles from YouTubers, uh, animators who are making stuff who just need people. And it's a great way to just, this is a great way to get started uh, making connections, which is the most important thing. Um, so I would I would recommend that. I started uh, with Voice One Two Three, which is still around, but you got to pay money for that. So I understand that it uh, it can be prohibitive for some. But um, yeah, that one was 
two hundred dollars when I joined, and it took me six months to book my first thing, which paid me one hundred dollars. But then I was able to form a career on that, based on that. Huh. All right, so going back to Footy Cootie, because you know the Pillows did the soundtracks for oh, all so three good. seasons. Do you have a favorite track from them? Oh, man, I don't know the tracks. You just know it. <laughs> the ending track is so good. That's when you know an episode's ending, whatever that one is. I love that one. It's just there's something so nostalgic about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the photos for sure. So this is more of a casual question, but um, when you're not doing voice work, what do you love to do in your like downtime? Um, I love playing video games for sure. Hanging out with my dogs. Um, and... Uh, I've been playing piano for 20-some-odd years, so that's always a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I think I already know the answer, because you said you're a Nintendo guy, but how familiar were you with the Tekken games before they brought Noctis into Tekken? Well, not familiar at all, actually, because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not a fighting game guy, because there's so much memorization involved with that. Uh, I'm not Noctis in Tekken. It's very sad. Oh. They're, uh, yeah, it's uh, just Japanese, so I didn't get a chance to be in that one, unfortunately. I wish I could. Maybe I should just do the lines and then someone will mod it in. That, no, I should do very, that. Yeah. very likely, yeah. Yeah, I should do that. You played piano for 20 plus years. Have you ever tried to play piano in a game or animate anywhere you just get your piano work into your professional career? Uh, no, it hasn't happened. That's a pretty, yeah, that's, I don't know how it would happen, unfortunately. Um, I think it's such a separate music and sound are so separate in... Uh, you wouldn't think there'd be such a wall between Yeah, that. yeah, totally different. So, yeah, we never work with musicians or composers or anything like that. Um, that would be fun one day to uh, to be able to put... Um, I've, I've written quite a bit of music in the past. Um, uh, so, yeah, that would be fun Is any of that day. up on YouTube? No. <laughs> uh, it was on a site called The 61, which I don't think is around anymore. Uh, and then on Sibelius, I would write on Sibelius, so in the Sibelius forms, it's somewhere. Uh, that's long gone, so 15 years ago. All right, so you told me before that you did watch Tsunami when it, during its original run. So now it's like, it's reversed. Now you're in Tsunami. So yeah. how does it feel it to see your voice in the block? Um, uh, well, it's kind of weird because it's Tsunami now is super late, right? Yeah. Whereas back in my like day, it was... 11 to 4.30 now? Yeah, <laughs> mine was like 4 o'clock. You'd get home from school and then you'd be able to watch Dragon Ball. Um so I, I can't watch it now. I don't have a TV. So I, I haven't been able to see it. I just know it's out there. And every Saturday, people tweet me and say, oh, this happened in Boruto. And you go, oh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's pretty surreal. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm unable to uh, participate, unfortunately. Um, so you're in like the one bang zoom dub of Dragon Ball Super that was made the for a while. weird ass India dub, yeah. Yeah, so how was that, like considering that there was already like an established dub for that existing? It was very strange. We were all very confused, uh, but we did it, and uh, and it exists somewhere. Uh, to, to people in India, I am Piccolo and Oolong and Tenshinhan, uh, but I do not take credit for those characters in any way. <laughs> Um, yeah, so do you prefer voice acting for video games or anime, and do you have a different approach to them? They're both different in the sense that with anime you have a finished product, so you can see exactly what it looks like, except for Koi which is an anomaly. Um, uh, so you usually know the character, you can watch the sub, be very familiar with what's going on, and, and know everything about the show. Um, whereas for video games, they're made piecemeal and in different stat states, and you're usually getting new scripts every couple of days, and they're still figuring 
figuring stuff out and translating. Um, so it's a it's a different beast. Um, but uh, uh, they're both they're both fun, depending on what studio you work for. That company I mentioned is one of the best studios to work for. Uh, it's run by two sisters who are just awesome. Uh, really love games and really good at taking care of actors. And um, so anytime I get to go to company, yes, that's fun. Anime consumption in the United States has exploded and worldwide due to mm-hmm. streaming. Has that affected you personally at all, or has it affected the roles or jobs that you take at all? What do you mean, like piracy? Well, there there is piracy and just the amount of also legal crunch roll and everything else. Do you find that you get recognized more? Do you find that mm-hmm. you're, in the office the job has changed, that the experience has changed, the equipment is better, or anything else? Has, has anything affected you from all of this? Uh, no. I, uh, <laughs> well, so I feel like. Um, with recognizability, I think uh, there's a culture in anime of knowing the voice actors that there isn't so much a uh, culture of that in Western animation. Usually, you take for granted um, who's SpongeBob. Like you don't even know, or, like people don't look up uh, who, who's SpongeBob and Patrick and Homer Simpson and all that sort of stuff. But in anime, everybody knows everybody's voice. So I think that culture has kind of uh, become the norm in the younger generation, which is nice. Um, as far as uh, Things changing. Netflix is kind of the king right now. Uh, they're now all union, which is really good. It makes things a lot easier for us as actors. Um, so that's that's kind of changed who our bosses are. Uh, and Netflix is really easy to work for. Um, it just everything is just very streamlined and um, and simple with them. So they're they're kind of the uh, the, the the main uh, client in town these days. So the next question is it's a little broad, but what you played many roles, but what's been your biggest challenge so far? Yeah. Uh, biggest challenge role? Uh, I would say Eve from Yuritomino was really hard because we didn't know a lot about him going in, and we kind of figured it out as we went along. And he's a very vocally stressful character, a lot of screaming. Um, so that was uh, that was a painful four hours for me. I lost my voice for a week after that guy. He was tough. So uh, jumping off that, um. Out of all the characters you've played, which one do you feel has personally defined your acting career? It's defined my acting career. I guess Noctis. Uh, <laughs> he tells a whole story in one uh, one complete game. You get to emote. You get to see all three dimensions of him. Uh, whereas uh, for some characters, they're you know you see little bits and pieces of their life. Um, so I'd say Noctis for that one. So what are you most excited for? There's one role that's very exciting uh, that maybe we can talk about in March, I think. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I guess I lead in a uh, very cool game uh, that may have already been announced. Um, and uh, I'm very proud of it. So, yeah, coming soon. All right. So this one's a very niche anime, I think. I watched it on Netflix uh, recently. Dragon Pilot, Hisone, and Masotan. Um, I really level question. Here. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that anime. Awesome, but it was hard to find like which characters you actually voice. I'm guessing you did like multiple characters in that. Anime. Yeah, how about soldiers? Um, but uh, I I am the director guy, the okay. creepy child molester director. Guy. Oh, yeah. oh, he's not a child molester, but he does yeah. touch young girls. Yeah. For a living. yeah, yeah, he's the one who makes the suits, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I remember. Him. Yeah, I played that dude, and then like yeah, I'm a bunch of soldiers. So whenever there was a soldier saying something, I'm, I'm one of those dudes. I yeah, see. that was a strange show to work on, but not as strange as Backstreet Girls, which was the oh. same studio. That was also very, very weird. I play the manager of that one too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, you guys.